Love Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon on this glorious autumnal day, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating people and the wisest advisors in the business community from around our terrestrial orb, I am Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And this very day is your chance to have your managerial expertise when you some straight-up cash from the art of the CEO. Have you ever wondered how some of the managers and leaders you encounter always seem to handle any odd situation, no matter what comes their way? Well, right now, we are going to present you with some truly sticky leadership situations, the old and new, and then we're going to pause and ask you to come up with your solution, and then we're going to give you the solution of the masters. Now, we've tried this before on different topics, and and many of you have come up with some amazing solutions, some of which were uh, even better than those actually tried by our masters. So, as you hear each challenge, each uh, problem is in the real term. We only use challenge today. If you think you've got a better answer, just jot down your solutions and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if our judges say that you've really got a winner, We'll send you $50, and if you have the best response of the show, you'll receive a $100 check from The Art of the CEO, along with a marvelous certificate proclaiming your admirable admirable expertise, and we'll be putting it on uh, The Art of the CEO website and uh, making sure everyone knows just how utterly fantastic you are. So... Whether you are a general manager of a regional newspaper chain ever developing new perspectives and truth uh, and uh, developing your better clientele like Michelle or if you're a highly known and respected consultant to the Fortune 500 C-suite executive clan like uh, Bill, pull up your chair a little closer. Yes, this is your chance to think, solve, and grow rich, uh, richer. So and so, join the fun and kicking it right off. Let's uh, plunge right into our first leadership challenge and solution. Number one: How do you get them through the door and make them memorable, make the experience stick? You've got two situations, two companies. Number one: You have a museum filled with some a lot of amazing objects and number two you have an exotic uh car sales uh, you have ferraris lamborghinis and rolls and you want to bring people how do you get them through the door and into an atmosphere that is really going to stick how do you make that stick in their minds what would you do well in answer to number the first part the museum David Walsh was a a successful, very successful scientific gambler who made a fortune uh, rolling the dice. And he got into collecting art by accident, fabulous story, and he wanted to share his taste, so he opened a museum. He began with this very bland, white, neoclassical, beautifully furnished, marble-floored situation, enter-this-way signs. It was a total failure. His art ranged from 
crushed uh, crushed cans, artfully designing uh, automobiles, and, and it was it didn't work. It was a failure. So then, moving down to Hobart, Tasmania, he opened the Mona, and now most most museums are above ground. He made people. He makes people go underground. You walk in. It's dark. There are no labels. There are no signs. There are no logical routes. There's no walk this way. Uh, in fact, to quote another Australian company, it's no rules, just right. And everybody loves it. They walk in. The exhibits are focused, and they're right there, and they're stunning, and they stick in your mind. Why? Because people who go to museums go there because they are screaming, free me into the unusual. Show me something new. Spectacle me. And they want to focus on that. They do not want to focus on one more track that reminds them of wandering through their high school halls. So it works. It is one of the major uh, financial resources in Hobart, Tasmania. And likewise, uh, let's you're trying to sell cars now, exotic. Again, items of art, Lamborghinis, Bentleys, magnificent machines. Steve Wallace, Interstate Motors, did the following. He inherited his building, and instead of making it as rich and elegant and fancy as the cars themselves, he made his walls rust-colored. He found a uh, sort of an ancient factory style that he designed on the floors and walls and you walk into this sort of old machine atmosphere and wham they are standing before you these magnificent machines in all their colors they stood out by memorable contrast so that uh make it memorable and it will work all right. Now, with that brief and uh, tempting nosh at today's Feast of Wisdom, allow me now to fulfill my duties as proper host and lay before you a few utensils for furthering today's feast. We have a lot of these challenges we want to get through, so I'll try to move along. Be, uh, but I think you're going to enjoy these uh, utensils. And first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Now, as you know, that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. So please allow me to ask, will this be the day that you scrutinize your personal principles and beliefs and determine if they're actually bringing you benefit? Or if you're just hanging on to this or that belief, because Buddha or Christ or some social leader has prescribed them as a benefit to all humankind. And now I know this is particularly a little esoteric and a tough one, but my friend, the choice is usually is truly yours, and making it is worthwhile. And now, moving on to a less jugular vein, there's a second utensil. You need to steep your lips into a little laughter, and so let's taste the scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Squips book. And where did I put it? Here it is. Here it is. It's coming up. Uh, okay. This is number 86. Inventive innovation inspires either an endless source of sneering critics or fawning jealousy, depending on how well it sells. <laughs> As an afterthought, 
we humans are creatures innately resistant to change and envious of success and most of all hasty in adopting whatever works so the more you put aside all the personal comparisons and merely weigh the benefit of the idea in the end the better your company's going to thrive and so if you smirked a bit over that quip we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips. And you are going to get yourself a whole arsenal uh, that is going to make you known as the agile-witted charmer who lightens the load of all that chain gang at work. And as a third utensil, oh, I think this might be appropriately entitled the multi-tined dilemma fork, <laughs> uh, or whatever, because we proffer you the answer of last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who noted, litigation is a machine in which you go in as a pig and come out as a sausage. <laughs> Uh, those marvelous words were spoken by none other than the legendary journalist and author of the Devil's Dictionary, the delightfully irreverent and truthful Mr. Ambrose Bierce. Marvelous man. And later on in the show, blurting your way, comes another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who know the author of that quote, simply scribble down that sage's name as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So, with our utensils in hand, come gather up your gray cells and tackle some more gnarly leadership challenges and uh, give us your answer and see how it matches against those of the masters who faced it. These are all real. And don't forget, if you think you've got a better solution, jot it down and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com for a straight Kesha prize of up to $100. Uh, Query number, uh, problem number two. How do you fight this, that sense of voicelessness and job insecurity uh, among employees in a takeover? Probably no, nothing is more evident of this in banks. Banks are gobbling up one another uh, at a rate uh, faster than the flow of, of uh, smartphone apps. You have, and so let's say you have just bought another bank, your own team is 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 not sure what's going to happen everyone in the new bank is terribly edgy and upset how do you get them all settled down back to work and realizing where they need to go what would you do well here's what wells fargo did they now have 250,000 employees uh, probably more i think now and in ohio recently they just uh, had bought another bank and they invited all the senior staff in of this chain. It was actually a small chain of banks. And they gave them a huge dinner party. And as the entrees are ending, before dessert, out come the whiteboards. They have a, a bevy of lovely ladies come on and set these things all down and lay out uh, little uh, markers. And then they invite certain people up from, from the crowd who are willing to be ready to jot things down. And then the CEO comes out, and he invites 
everyone in the room to stand up and make suggestions. You can make a complaint about what has been going, a complaint about what you don't like about Wells Fargo, any suggestions you have. Even spouses got up and says, you're keeping, keeping my partner too late. Everything is fair game. And then, after they had done it, they asked anyone else, you want to make a suggestion? Finally, it died down. And the CEO says, draws the curtain and says, all right, thank you for helping us grow, each and every one of you. Please stand up who made a suggestion and come up here. And by the way, from from these tables, uh, please pick up your new iPad and your iPhone. Thank you very much. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am sure back at the table, some wife is nudging her, Henry. Henry, why didn't you say anything? We could use the iPad. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you see what it does. It made these people think we have to get a uh, better solution here. We've got to. I mean, and we need. We want you. We value you, and we want you to help us grow. All right, next uh, situation here. You've got a, and you know that hard-driving executive you thought was the the real mover and shaker and pusher. It turns out his entire crew is on Prozac. He's got the highest absenteeism in his department of of the whole plant, and a spiraling productivity rate rating. Uh, even though at the, the meetings he comes in, he agrees with everything you say. He must must be smart, right? Yeah. Well, all right. You've got the bully. What would you do? Well, if you were part of the Namie Institute uh, on and the Anti-Bullying Institute, which is an excellent place, uh, they 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 say fire the brute, get him out of there. That's it. And that's the general course of action taken by most. But here is one company and one individual leader. I, I can't, of course, name it. But suffice it to say that this is the corporation in the news recently for merging with the major maker of aspirin. And I said, this exec thought otherwise. Don't fire, retrain. You've got to show the bully that his bullying behavior is not required. That's what he said. Bullies are, for the most part, uh, they, they indulge in favor because they're insecure. They need to feel that they've got to establish their place, and they may not feel uh, – if you are really talented and really work well with folks, you don't need to bully them. You haven't got time to, but bullies do because they're neither. So um, the CEO went to this bully, and he said, Jack, we've got a great morale and absentee problem throughout the plant. And you're always connecting very uh, continually with your people, which is true in, in, in its own way. Uh, I want you to fix this. So uh, we need you to go around and talk to all the people in other divisions, uh, um, other departments, and uh, your own team. And he, the CEO sent him out personally asking first others in other departments and his own about what they did needed in their plan, what they needed in their life. And in effect, he was collecting the data that would, or the voices from the people on what he needed to fix. And at the same time, the CEO made him sort of privileged and honored and showed him a path to this corrective behavior and to be honored for it. Because as he said, uh, the bullying behavior is futile. It was seen and it actually worked. 
Now, if you have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the overwhelmingly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen to this episode and download it and all the our others by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. Uh, or as I used to say, blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO, one word. Anyway, uh, now you know who you are, where you are, and what we're all doing here. Moving on to a new challenge. This is the challenge of too many projects. Uh, in and uh, the online gaming industry is $28 billion strong. And the right game is gonna, can run literally into tens of millions in just sheer profit. So the way the, the, has, the, the uh, video and online gamings have traditionally been run is that they gather a lot of creative minds and throw a lot of them at the wall, throw a lot of mud at the wall, and hope to find one that sticks. Well, the problem is that you've got millions of sort of half-finished projects. Too few workers, because most of these firms are relatively small, at least the creative part of them, to develop them. So what do you do? How would you handle it? Well, Valve and Zynga and others have experimented with uh, a term, they each have their own term for it, but it's really a floating workforce. That is, when each person comes into work, they gather in a sort of an open office setting, and each person has their game that they're working on and they and the workers drift in and out of various teams so bill might come to join and work on the game that judy's going on he'll make some contributions take notes and set himself some some task and then he'll move over to irving's uh game and then at night he may work on his own and the idea is that everybody adds something as they work along now when bonus time comes around the uh, directors of the company sort of watch who has been contributing to whom, and they they see this. So that's how the you make a name and promote yourself, and it seems to work because you get a whole lot of minds dealing uh, and putting in their contribution for no more time than they need to have it, and that seems to be the way uh, that's working and running. And uh, it's it's odd, and but it's something that you know, frankly, I think a lot more companies could employ. And right now, uh, hopefully, your personal front of font of managerial wisdom is churning at a racing boil. So why don't we take a cool down? Let's pause from the feast and uh, this feast of wisdom, and it truly has been. Uh, with some of the solutions these companies given. Let's take a brief survey and allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today, and that company is Prometheus Publishing, the creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books, Ultimate Business Guides. And this very day, Prometheus Publishing would invite you to look at a book uh, entitled So That's How They Do It, Tactics from Business Masters. This is for me, one of my favorite book projects because of the readership involved. We designed this book for those folks uh, I, I have termed the energized elite. You know who you are. It, it, you're that individual who, sort of, who will do anything to 
seize a fulfilling and satisfying career enough enough to not just hear about a good idea, but to rise up in the swivel chair, invest in a book, get the better tool, and apply it to your own job and business. And that's what this book uh, affords you. It's not some seven-step success template. It is a smorgasbord of tactics that have brought benefit to a worldwide array of business masters in many cultures. And each tactic and discipline and attitude it sets up a brief example and something that you could apply very happily to your own business. Or maybe it'll just spark some ideas for you, and you'll set the improvement on your own. You may find, so that's how they do it, at among other places, bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. So send your little fingers digitally screaming across your smartphone or whatever your device you use. And while you're clicking those little fingers, um, pulsing around bartsbooks.com, don't forget to give yourself the gift of a little laughter that you so richly deserve. I, I know I do. Uh just click on the, that little blue mailbox on the home page. Yeah, well, that is going to get you uh, a, subs- a free, absolutely free, a weekly subscription to uh, BartsBooks.com's business quips, little, uh, along with the afterthoughts. And heaven knows we all could use something, something to make us smile and something to make us ponder. And speaking of ponderables, uh, particularly on, along the line of leadership tactic, tactics, Let's get back to testing our man- your managerial skills to some of the true situations and masters uh, who have faced them, and the masters who face them down, because that's the most amazing thing. And if you think you've got a better solution than the master gives, by the way, just send your solution into info at bartsbooks.com for a straight cash prize of up to $100. And so moving on, let's move. Uh, this is an this is a historical one, and I'm bringing it in because I want to. Bigotry comes in all shapes and colors. This is an older example, but alas, um, it, it bigotry is with us all the time. I know personally know one very excellent retail salesperson who loved everyone, was great with them, unless the customer was was fat, was overweight, and it was noticeable so noticeable that her boss had to to deal with it uh, and and talk to her about it and but that's an odd example but it exists today uh white whites refuse to share workplaces with back with with blacks that's the story we're going to tell that the, the as a group of whites uh refuse to share the workspace and showers and so forth with blacks now it can be straights and gays you can insert your bias here but how would you handle that when they come to you, Mr. Leader, and are they're upset about it? When the team is upset and, and yet they're on the bias, what's your solution? Well, food machinery and chemical plant manager Tom uh, was in that exactly that situation, and the the men came in after work, and they said, the white men, they said, we don't want to shower with the blacks and uh he said what do you mean he says he says well you wouldn't want to shower with one of those kind would you and so forth and so on and um so he says yeah okay yes i would so he starts taking off his jacket he starts taking off his tie he's walking the shower says come on you guys come with me he grabs he says tim uh 
to one of the black fellows that worked with him. He says, Tim, you and I are going to take a shower. And uh, so he invites them all in the shower, and he strips down, and he starts soaping up. He says, come on, Tim. I says, I'm buying, I'm buying the beer for those who are clean. You shower. So Tim gets in and showers. And then uh, then he announces, he says, I'm buying the beer over at Sonny's Bar, but I don't drink with any dirty people. Any of you who want, who want, to, want free beers uh, after work, better jolly well get yourselves clean and so they all did and and they were reluctant but they came in and it was one of these things that they laughed over in later times and it was it went down in the management's history believe me it it gave great social ammunition and i know that sounds as a fantasy but it sometimes open honest confrontation to show the absolute ridiculousness of the fear, and remember that that's what bias says. It's a fear. If once you overcome that unknown, you've got it. I also like Groucho Marx's uh, way of dealing with bias. I have to slip it in here. Uh, he moves to Long Island. He goes to a swim club, wants to sign up, and they say, oh, "I'm sorry, sir, we do not accept Jews here." So Groucho Marx turns to them and with a with his rapier wit that only he had, he says, well, my daughter's only half Jewish. Can, we, can she go in up to her waist? So anyway, sometimes humor helps too. Uh, all right, we, we've got more to cover here. And um, we have one, another one is another challenge, a workplace challenge here. Is, and this one isn't so, this one is uh, rather fascinating, I think. Uh, it's historical. It's a total involves a total workplace and schedule makeover for all your employees, which is not easy. And as I said, this was when the 24/7 uh, news cycle was just coming in. People needed to stay later. They needed to come in earlier. They needed to remain on hand at the office for lengthy, lengthy periods of time and be ready. And uh, so, how would you handle this change? that you're asking of your staff who have been up nine to five up up to now to move into this ever on call situation. How would you solve that? Well, this is how the Bloomberg News Agency did it. Uh, They solved it with what's been called the Bloomsburg Feast. What they did was with at East Station, I saw I saw in New York, I saw in Princeton, New Jersey, and, and I, I know it's other places that uh, you walk into the quote cafeteria, and there, standing in white jacket and tall white cap, is the chef, uh, sharpening his knives over a huge roast, and there are just rows upon rows of absolutely elegant food laid out uh, through. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner style food all day long that you are there. And it's totally free. <laughs> they, It is there so you would go there to eat, to stay. When you wanted to have somebody come for an interview, you would invite him to the cafeteria because it was such a lovely place. It was better than any church in town. And so it would also encourage you to go there, stay there. People even brought family. Uh, and it was a simple thing. But um, it really helped ease the difference of what you were asking with the people. There was a, the the old joke was you have to watch out for the Bloomberg 15. That is the 15 extra pounds you came from working for them. They also did another thing, and that um, Bloomberg said that you know we don't want 
you, if you're going to sell business uh, and put a gray box with the, with the business news on it, you've got to have something else beside business and allure. And he encouraged his workers to contribute to these non-business situations, and it just did wonders for the morale. And unfortunately, we have four more, but that is all at this dramatic juncture we have time for. So if you have a solution how I can cram more in, that, that's what I'd love to hear. I'll gladly pay for how we can get more into the uh, hours. But I, uh, I, I had so many of them. I just, I'd, I'd like to get uh, the the buyers and the, the, how you have low cost items and you've got a high volume. How do you handle it? Netflix did a beautiful job. I've got to stop. I'm I'm getting addicted here. So allow me to slow down and round out today's Feast of Wisdom. I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who was the individual who said, in England, you are allowed to have an opinion as long as it comes out of your mouth. (laughs) And uh, this celebrity chef, the, the author of this, truly knows what is best to put into the mouth, and I assume out of it. Uh, and remember, if you know the author of this quote, just uh, jot down that author's name as you believe him or her to be, and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com to win an absolutely power-thrusting, career-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And uh, as and by the way, do, do, do tune in next week to The Art of the CEO because you're going to get a peep at the fascinating, absolutely vital, statistically they didn't know, oh so marvelous realm of fashion forecasting with a global industry prognosticator, an amazing woman, Emily A. Take a look at, be prepared to take a look at that. Tune in. And to find other shows, visit our website, uh, theartoftheceo.com. Very simple, artoftheceo.com. And you will be more, you'll find out more about the powerful people who are appearing on this show. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, a manager knows how to give a client what he wants today. A leader provides that client with a better day for tomorrow. And both are invaluable. And to all of you who have gleefully shared the feast, I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show as much as I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this on all our shows at blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. <laughs>